Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today's episode is part two of common changes most boys experience during puberty. My guest host is Chris Homer, in which we're going to continue having the conversation that started in our last episode. So you'll hear the same intro, and then you'll hear more about the reproductive system that most boys have. So sit back and enjoy. I have a special visitor with me who is a health teacher from New York, Chris Homer, and we're going to talk about changes that most boys experience as they go through puberty. Chris, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody, and welcome to this wonderful program. What we're going to go over today is part two, the body parts, including the penis, testicle, scrotum sac, semen and sperm, and some other information. And if you're feeling at some points that you're overwhelmed with all this information, feel free to stop and come back to it. And you can listen to this as a family. Also feel free to go to the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, because it does break down all these aspects of what most boys go through. Or the Talk Puberty app, there's a section called Questions About Most Boys. Chris, let's start talking about the parts that most boys have in their reproductive system. And when we say those parts, some of the slang terms are your junk, your private area. I know there's a whole bunch. We we do say private area, even though it's slang, in which that infers, well, this is something that's yours, it's private, it's covered up. Other terms are also the pubic area, the reproductive system, and the genitals. Yeah. So, to go over what most boys have, we know they have a penis, a scrotum, and testicles or testes. Overall, how would you, what would you say is a penis? What's the function of it? Well, penis is external part of the body that, you know, is a chamber where either urine can come out or semen and sperm can come out. You know, it is the male's one of the male's really sex organs. So it's just a part of the body that most males familiar with and have. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just their part of the body along with the scrotum and testicles. So that uh, represents their sex organ. Well, one of the slang terms is boner. Is there a bone in the penis? Man, no, thank goodness there's not. But I think a lot of people, especially when they're younger, think that when the penis gets hard, that a bone actually comes out of the body and goes into the penis when all it actually is, is blood vessels filling with blood. And that's what makes it fill out and get hard. So that's it. Luckily, no, no broken bone can, can happen in the penis. But you have to protect it. Make sure you're protecting it. Yeah, and which definitely. one of the things I have for you is like the, what's a sports cup? Because I usually would say if I had a penis and I don't have a penis on my body, but if I did, if I'm doing sports, I would be wearing a sports cup. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's not always so easy, comfortable. It's not that it's uncomfortable. It's just it's it's something that you you weigh the risks and the rewards. And it's a a hard plastic cup usually that fits in what they call an athletic supporter that 
it houses where your penis is. So that way, if you get hit with a baseball or if, you know, somebody's running and they go to kick the soccer ball, yet hit you, if you have the cup there, you know, you're protected. And it really is a relief to have that there if you've ever been hit there. It's a pretty important piece of equipment for any male athlete. Okay. And then compression shorts, too, because that kind of helps you when you're running, if I understand yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it just keeps everything kind of supported. I, I think compression shorts are a good idea so that, you know, same thing with like a bra where you don't need everything bouncing around, going back and forth, things along those lines. So it just keeps everything comfortable and, and closer to the body. Okay. What's the difference between a circumcised and an uncircumcised penis? Circumcised is when the doctor surgically removes some of the foreskin from the tip of the penis area. Uncircumcised would have extra skin that would cover the tip or the head area of the penis. Both are fine. They just believe, I think, with circumcised, it may cut down on the possible bacteria that could be kept under the this foreskin area. So all a person would have to do if they're not circumcised and and same if they are, but more so if they're not is just to wash and, you know, use soap and be sure to get under the the foreskin area. That's all. Okay. Some other questions for you. Does penis size matter? Penis size does not matter. It's one of those myths, you know, anybody, any size penis can urinate, can ejaculate and, you know, I think it's all about if you're talking sexually, also, it's all about communication and, you know, understanding, you know, what is important in a relationship and things along those lines. So, you know, it, your penis size should not matter. You should just accept that. Do you ever tell young people like what's a typical size? Because I know I'm, I'm very hesitant about doing that because I don't want them to think that they're not the typical size. Because it's really how it's used. It's not the size itself. Right. right. I, I, I never give a typical size. I, I've never done that. It's, you know, again, my big quote is whatever's normal for you is normal for you. And, you know, there's no no reason comparing, you know, it, it, what what difference should it make? You should just accept who you are and what you're given and, and be the best you can. Okay. Is there a particular time that those people with a penis that they start experiencing erections? Because one question that I have that's in my book too, is what year does your penis pop up? Yeah. You know, little kids could have erections. You know, if, if a little kid has to go to the bathroom sometimes, you know, they could have an erection. Young people can get erections for no reason at all. That's one of my favorite things when I talk about that. I usually get more laughs from when I'm doing, you know, a fifth or sixth grade puberty talk when I say, you know, this is what an erection is. And it can happen if you're thinking about things that are stimulating or it could be sexual things. But it could also happen when you're sitting in the middle of social studies class learning about George Washington. You may not even think George Washington is attractive, but it just happens. So, you know, I I tell people you cannot control it and it could happen at any time. Will go away on its own. You know, if you're sitting in social studies class, you don't have to get nervous. Things things happen and things go away, too. So, uh, yeah, it could happen anytime. 
So say if I am in school and let's say that I have to walk to my next class, what do you recommend? Mm -hmm. I have this erection. Well, depends on what you're wearing, how obvious it, obvious it is. If you're wearing loose shorts, it certainly would be more obvious. And therefore, I'd probably just carry my backpack in front of me or hold a book in front of me and not try to make it look like I'm hiding anything just to kind of go casual. Yeah, not much you can do. Say if a teacher like, hey, Ms. Reichel asked you to go up to the board to be the note taker, then what? You know what, if you know that it really is prominent and and definitely obvious, then you might say, can I just pass on that, please? You know, or if you have to say, I'm not feeling great. If you really think the teacher's going to egg you on to get up there, not knowing what's going on, because if they know what's going on, then that's bizarre. But, you know, if they just say, come on now, I want you to try this, just say, you know, I I really don't feel well. I, I don't want to go up. I, I mean, obviously, if you say that during these times, COVID times, it's, you know, you probably get sent right to the nurse and sent right home. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you just say, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not go up right now. And I think that's the best bet. And most of us in the health education field, we have these expectations in which we talk with our students and say, there's this pass rule. You have the right to that's pass. Because yep. we want well, students to feel comfortable. And we have the right to pass, too, as as educators. Yep. Exactly. So how, can a person pee if they wake up with an erection? Oh, yeah. I mean, that happens, you know, and, and I think when you're younger, it certainly is much more difficult to aim and things along those lines. If you have an erection and you have to urinate, you certainly can urinate. It's just you really have to aim properly, especially, you know, if you you're sharing bathrooms with people. I tell people if if it's really tough to to point down because the erection is usually pointing more up, um, then sit and hold it down or so. Just because I think you, you just you have to urinate, so uh, it's not always easy with an erection. But yes, you can. Yet, if your penis is erect because you're excited, yes, th- then it could be. You're not going to be able that- to urinate. Right. Then, then that certainly could be uh, something else. It's just, I think if somebody wakes up and they have an erection and it's it's just not because of any kind of arousal, then, you know, that happens every now and then too. Okay. And then they have to just let it like think of something else, let it alleviate until they're able to urinate. Right, right. Yeah. And again, you know, you can urinate with an erection if if it's not due to, you know, arousal, you just have to kind of aim properly and and you can you can urinate okay so how do you usually explain what a testicle is in the scrotum sac well this is one of the other i think great parts of being a health educator is to kind of explain this to uh not only you know i i I do co-ed discussions too because i think you know boys have questions about girls and girls have questions about boys but it's something where you say you know that is your reproductive system and the testicles you know one day will produce sperm the big teaching point about that is you know i say it's outside the body the scrotum holds the testicles and they're outside the body because they need to be a little bit cooler than inside the body so that it can produce sperm and my favorite teaching moments is to talk about you know since it has to be a little bit bit cooler and why it is outside the body. Sometimes when we do get cold or we go in the ocean or so, you know, it will pull back towards the body. And I, I remember, you know, in the Seinfeld episode, they talk about shrinkage. A lot of a lot of young boys really do wonder, like, what happens? I, I got out of the pool or whatever, and I went to 
take the shower. I went to go in the bathroom and everything was much smaller. And all that is, is the penis and testicles are going closer to the body to get warmer. And that's all it is. Everything will return back to normal. Nothing's wrong. But that's one where you see a lot of you see a lot of looks of relief that it's just a normal part of life. Mm -hmm. So. And testicles, you had said it, it basically makes and holds the sperm until they're released. And if they're not released, they're absorbed into the body. Right. Yep. Yep. Now, typically how many testicles would you have? Uh, Most males have two. Some are born with one. You know, you could still function, but uh, you know, a doctor would be able to, to let you know what the story is, but most males have two tests. Are they the same size and are they located the same exact height or how they hang? Well, you know what? I mean, they're both in the scrotum. I don't know if most males even know if they're the same exact size. They can vary a little bit, but I I don't think, I, I don't know any guys I've ever spoken to who've measured and said, you know, I believe the right one is 0.3. They're just both around the same size. They're probably not exact, but neither is a woman's breast. So, you know, not everything grows, you know, exactly the same. So, uh, but they are, they're both should be in the scrotum and uh, it's just normal part of life is that's where they are. And if they're a little different, it's okay. This is something I had learned. My partner had told me, because I had the question in my book that if you get hit in the penis, it hurts. And he corrected me and said, no, it's really the scrotum sac. It's really the testicles. Why is that? Why is it that it does hurt in that area? Okay. Well, I want to hear it from you because you put it in the book. So you tell me. (laughs) But there's a lot of nerve endings there. They're very sensitive. And certainly if it gets hit there, there can be pain. It's a very sensitive area, which can, if you touch it a certain way, it might have a pleasing feeling, but if it's hit in a certain way, it can be hurtful. Yeah, exactly. And and again, that's something I I tell the young men when I when I do a little chat, I just say, you know, and, and try and use proper terms because if you're in phys ed class and you get kicked there and the nurse comes over to you or the coach and you know, you just what term are you going to use? And that's, you know, I know in the beginning you put the slide up and said my private area or genitals or something. You know, you got to think of what term you're going to use because if you are hit there it can hurt. Often again, unless it's, you know, a major major hurt that you need to see the doctor, otherwise, you know, it's going to hurt for a bit. Hopefully it'll feel better as soon as possible, but it's something you don't wish on anybody. But isn't it true? And I've said this to my college students, aren't there some kids that hit each other there? Yeah, you got to pick and choose your friend. Sometimes junior high kids, sometimes high school kids, sometimes college kids think it's funny just to kind of, you know, tap or smack somebody in the crotch. Again, I I think that brings us back to our brains are not fully developed until 25 or 26. Now, there's been some famous people that have actually had cancer in that area. I'm trying to think of their names, but if they, if like, certainly I've always said to my students, know your body. If you have a lump in an area, anywhere in your body that you don't recognize, go to the doctors. And that would include in your testicular area. That is absolutely for sure. A a self-testicular exam is a a very smart thing to do and to get familiar, you know, with when you are, you know, a young male. I think it's important. 
so that you at least get to know, well, what is normal, what feels normal. And if you do feel something that you didn't feel, you know, a month, two months, three months before, yes, go right to a doctor, you know, ask a parent or if you're old enough yourself, go go to a doctor and get it checked out because sometimes it, it is just a normal, maybe something you, you didn't feel before and it, it's there. If it is something new, you, you really should get it checked out as soon as possible. And for Unfortunately, I knew somebody who was I was close with, and he passed away uh, at 31 years of age uh, because of it. And he was getting treated and all, and it was it was just very difficult. And uh, he had a one-year-old child, and just so you, you do, you need to uh, understand your body. You need to be familiar with your body so that if something is different, it, it's a medical thing, you know, some people say, well, why would I do that? Well, you do that so that you could take care of yourself and make sure right. that, uh, you know, er everything is okay. It's just a normal part of life. So I'm sorry to hear of your friend. I'm very yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you. I know that um, the rates of testicular cancer seem to be highest between 15 and 24 year olds in which you need to know your body the most. I mean, certainly if you're in the shower, get some soap in your hands and then have it go over the skin, the scrotum sac. If you have breasts, put it on the breasts and see if you have mm -hmm. any noticeable lumps. If it's a right. zit, that's one thing that's usually on the top of the skin, but if it's something sure. underneath, go get it checked out. That's why we have specialists out there to, to help you out. And you can just go right. to your, your regular doctor and then go to a specialist. So, right. and there are people that actually will have a diagnosis and they'll be okay. Something could be removed or they have some kind of therapy and, and things can go forward. Okay. Yeah, another question, important. another question that children ask is um, for those of you that have testicles, when you go to the doctor, when you're younger, sometimes your medical professional might ask you to cough as they hold on to your testicles on your scrotum sac. Why do they do that? Yeah, I, I truly think that's to detect if there happens to be a hernia, if something's kind of bulging through a different part of the body than it should be, they can kind of detect that at that point. It, it's always a very interesting exam when you're younger and you're not expecting it and the doctor does it. I, I wish more people would ask, you know, well, why are you doing that? Or or so just because it is there, there is an answer. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, again, most young males are not going to ask. They're probably going to giggle or feel embarrassed or whatever, but it, it's for a medical check to see if, if you happen to have a hernia. Yeah. And it's real fast. I mean, if for those sure. of us that go for a gynecological exam, that takes a little bit longer. The coughing yeah. is they hold on to you. It's a couple of seconds. It's done with. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Now, another question. I know we already talked about this, about semen and what is it. And that's a whole bunch of fluids from the reproductive system, including sperm. And the color is typically cream, whitish, grayish. But overall, what is sperm? What do you say to kids typically? It's the male reproductive cell that looks a little bit like a tadpole, and a male could produce about 300 million sperm. And when he ejaculates, you know, a bunch will have to, if intercourse takes place, a bunch will go on their journey. And, and one lucky winner, perhaps, if that's what the couple thinks, uh, will find and fertilize the egg. So, you know, very important part for reproduction, that's for sure. Okay. And you said 300 million in one ejaculation. Right. Well, that are produced and not all get ejaculated and all, but that's about mm -hmm. the typical pr production. 
for uh, some other things, the other body parts that a lot of boys have. There's that vas deferens, and that's, correct me if I'm wrong here, that's the tube that actually it takes the sperm from the testicle and right. brings to, it to, to the, the rest urethra. of the other parts. Right. Um, right. In which yep. after it collects other fluids, it's then semen with all those other fluids with the sperm and stuff. That's how right. it leaves the urethra in which the urethra right. is where the urine as well as the semen comes out. Exactly. And and that's also, you know, we we're talking about the self-testicular exam. I mean, the vas deferens are attached where you kind of have to understand, well, that's not really a lump, that's normal. And, you know, that's why it's good for a parent to also show some close-up, you know, visuals from a book or from online or so, just to let their child know, well, this is what's attached and that's very normal. Yeah. In which there are some diagrams either through kidshealth.org, because I've seen that they have like a cartoon kind of diagram, mm -hmm. even a little slideshow. And then also three R's, rights, responsibility. I'm forgetting the other R. It's three R's. It's associated with FOSI, the future of sex education. They have lesson plans where they actually have sheets that you can fill in, which mm -hmm. I always recommend families to print out and go over together. Yeah. So, so I have some, a few other questions about these body parts. One is that when talking about private parts, we're supposed to be careful when we talk about it, because we might be considered harassing somebody. What is that yeah. about? Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to treat everybody with respect. And what is your reason for talking about body parts? My thought is, obviously, if you're in the nurse's office, because something's wrong with that body part, that's a great opportunity to talk about that body part. But talking about it with your friends at lunch, will everybody welcome that discussion? I, I don't know. That's something you really should be very clear about. I know people kid around thinking everybody's okay, but if if even one person at the table or wherever you are, or if somebody's even near you and hears it, you know, that could be considered uncomfortable and can be called harassment. You know, even if you didn't mean it, you have to be aware of that your surroundings and why you're saying what you're saying and how you're saying it. And to go over, like you had brought up the nurse, that if you are having any issues with these body parts, like if your penis hurts after you pee or during urination, mm -hmm. go to a medical professional. Right, right. You could have an infection or there's some people that even have a, a disease or something like that. So they really should get it checked out. Now, my last question that's specific to what I've been asked by kids deals with the advertisements that we see a lot. Even I sometimes hear them on like a music station commercial on TV or something. And it deals with those pills that make your penis hard. Right. Uh, right. What do you like if a child hears that and it's like, Oh, you know, is that something I should take? What's your recommendation mm. there? Well, I think you just say there are some people who may need to take it because they're they're not able to achieve the erection like maybe they were when they were younger or maybe they have a, a problem with their blood flow to the penis. So they may have to take it, but the average person doesn't need to take those pills. So it's really more so for those who cannot achieve the erection that they would want to during, I guess, you know, you say a sexual relation. Those medicines are meant for older, not for younger, because usually when you're younger, you're you're healthy. Right. You have right. these well, things, right. they're able right. to go. 
Right. Well, that's why I said the older people are people mm-hmm. who have trouble with the blood flow to the penis. So sometimes, you know, smokers could have uh, smaller blood vessels. So smoking can cause impotence and things. So it's not only older, it could be anybody who has trouble with blood flow there. But for these medications too, I highly recommend you talk to a medical professional. Please don't ever put something into your body that you're not sure it wasn't meant for you. You're not sure where it's coming from. Please take care of your bodies. Right. I think as health educators, we have to always take responsibility and say, please see a medical doctor because nowadays you could get things on the internet and who knows what they are, where they're from. Please see a doctor and be sure what you're getting is the right thing and that you need it. No, no reason to take things just because you've heard about them. Go get checked first and ask your doctor their opinion. Any other words of advice for most boys out there about that are going through puberty, about to go through puberty, or for their parents and caregivers about Mm. any advice? Yeah, I, I, again, I stress to parents, I stress to children, just please accept, you know, when your changes occur, that your body knows what's right for your body, and your friend may be 6'2 with a mustache in eighth grade, and you may be 4'11", and, you know, no sign of any hair anywhere, just... Just try to love yourself and know that you'll eventually get to where you need to be. And the big thing I always say is don't get caught up in media and all the stuff that's on uh, social media. It is it is such a, a dangerous rushing time out there with such disrespect, I think, and, and such uh, where people just treat each other as objects, you know, a lot of the time. So I say, cherish yourself, respect yourself, respect whoever your partner may be and treat each other like you want to be treated and just be the best person you possibly can be. And don't get caught up in all this nonsense with these messages that this is the way to go and all just do what's right for you. Well, thank you. Thanks for talking with me today and sharing your your knowledge, your experience. I truly appreciate you, Chris. And for our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please go to pubertyprof.com and write something in one of the comment boxes, and perhaps it'll be answered in a future episode. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.